I don't want anything put in my butthole ever. Yeah. I mean, sounds like a fair boundary. Welcome to the Empowered Pod, where we have real, honest conversations, survivor to survivor. These are your co-hosts and founders of Empower, Isa and Nina. You may already know us from our Instagram, at IamEmpower. This is a series where we will talk candidly and destigmatize conversations surrounding sex and relationship trauma and the healing process, because everyone should feel empowered. This is a trigger warning. On this podcast, we will discuss our own experiences with sexual violence and assault and unpack the challenges we faced in the healing process. Welcome back to the Empowered Pod. It is officially episode five. Um, We wanted to provide you guys with a little bit of life updates because we are now recording from our home. I have officially moved in, so we are living together. And since we are living together again, um, we can really start pushing on some exciting things that we've been planning. So we just wanted to give you guys a heads up to get excited for some new things to come. We cannot wait to fill you guys in. Today, we are talking about boundaries. So if you follow us at our Instagram, which you should, at I Empower, you saw that last week we had two different posts related to boundaries. One of them was on the six different types of boundaries that you can set, and the other was on how to develop these healthy boundaries and how to actually communicate them with your partner. So we're going to be talking about what boundaries are, how to discover what your boundaries are, how to communicate them, and also how to enforce them in all of your relationships. Setting boundaries are really just a super, super important part of all relationships, your romantic and sexual relationships, friendships, work-related, and definitely family-related. Yeah. The first thing that we want to acknowledge is that setting and maintaining boundaries is really hard. It's really vulnerable and emotionally exposing to let someone know how something makes you feel and then the consequences of that as well. And especially when you've experienced trauma, especially things like sexual violence or relationship trauma, it can be really difficult to communicate about your boundaries, especially if you've communicated your boundaries in the past and then they were just completely not respected or they were broken. It can be really scary to bridge that gap again and to communicate new boundaries, especially because it's scary. They could be broken again and it's just really vulnerable. Yeah, we'll definitely get more into our personal experiences related to that. And then second, we just want to iterate that boundaries are a form of self-care, but they also take work. They require continuous reflection because you and your boundaries are always evolving. And they also require a lot of courage to follow through and actually uphold those boundaries. Ultimately, setting boundaries is showing love to yourself and to your partner or whoever you are setting a boundary with, because it's showing that you care about respecting each other and improving your overall relationship. So what is a boundary? Technically, the definition is a guideline or limit that you create to identify reasonable and safe ways for other people, such as romantic partners, friends, family members, to behave towards you and how you'll respond when someone crosses those limits. So it includes what your boundary or limit is and then also the consequence if or when it is crossed. So something that I want to stress before we really dive into the different types of boundaries is the difference between boundaries and expectations because I think that a lot of people get those a little bit confused. So both boundaries and expectations create structure around your relationship and how you and your partner want to be treated. Um, But the main key difference is that while boundaries are focused internally on what you want, the types of ways that you want to be treated by your partner, expectations are more external and also more restrictive. Setting boundaries ultimately is a conversation between you and your partner, and it's all about encouraging mutual respect and discussion because when you're able to express what your boundaries are your partner is also able to return that and explain to you what their boundaries are and ultimately that just leads to a more communicative and healthier relationship as a whole yeah i mean ultimately everyone just wants to feel really safe and respected in your relationship and the most important thing is if you have a boundary or if something is upsetting you in some way because it's triggering or whatever is going on The important part is to actually communicate that and then feel respected. And if that's not being respected, then that's kind of a symptom of a toxic relationship and you should evaluate that. 
There are six main types of boundaries, and we are going to go through each one, talk about our personal boundaries related to that, and also give some examples we received from our Instagram community. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about these. We received really amazing submissions from our Instagram followers and everyone in that community. And so I'm just really excited to talk about these. Me too. So the first one that we're going to start with is mental. Um, So these boundaries really include your mental health and your sense of sanity, especially when engaging in intellectual activities or conversations. Mm -hmm. This one is really, really important to me, um, especially with my current relationship with my partner. We have very different communication styles, especially when we are having a more heated discussion or disagreeing on topics. Um, For me, it's really important to not feel like my partner is trying to change my mind or convince me that I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Because to me, that just feels like he's dismissing my opinions and dismissing all of the thought that I've put into having these opinions. And then on his end, sometimes he feels that I'm not really listening to him because I get very defensive when I feel that he's trying to change my mind. So for a while, we were just kind of stuck in this cycle of him trying to change my mind, me getting defensive, so then me being very closed off and not listening to his opinions. Mm -hmm. And it really just took me like sitting down with him and being like, okay, we clearly have different communication styles. It's really important for me that you do not try to change my mind in disagreements because if you do, I will get closed off. And so that was a really important boundary for me to set because now we're able to actually have productive disagreements and actually hear each other's point of views without me getting defensive, without him trying to change my mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up too, because this also comes up with my family. I have a couple family members that really align. And then I sometimes don't agree with that. And it's really important as the youngest of my family to make sure that Mm -hmm. I feel heard. So this definitely is very similar in my family too, is making sure that I feel heard in these intellectual conversations. Another one that I have that has really come up with this past election and with the Black Lives Matter protests happening this year as well, is on social media, I have been unfollowing and muting previous friends, old friends, old acquaintances Mm -hmm. that just do not serve me and do not align with my beliefs and have only caused more negative emotions on my social media pages. (laughs) I think that is such a good one to bring up because I think that it is like so universal. There are so many people that I used to follow that just were toxic and that Mm -hmm. just brought me down. And they're not the types of people that I was going to have a discussion with and try to educate them in any way. Yeah, it wasn't going to be productive. (laughs) Exactly. That was not going to be productive. And removing them was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I think that a mental boundary that we both really, really share is not letting anyone talk down to us or being condescending. Seriously? This has been a really interesting one for us, like, in combination, especially with starting I Am Empower, the amount of men that have <laughs> that have men. mansplained <laughs> issues related to sexual violence to us or had opinions and then been like oh but wait how does this process work it's like why are you even sharing your opinion we're obviously more educated on this than you right now yeah I feel like this is a really really big one for us and like any woman working in this space or any woman working in any professional setting being talked down to or people coming into conversation with the assumption that they don't know what they're talking about or they don't haven't done their research on that topic. So they're there to inform. I've just had to start shutting that shit down. Like from the get go. You're really good at it too. You're really good at shutting that shit down. (laughs) Yeah. It's something that, I mean, it's been something that I've worked on for so long. And I think that when you're like confronted with it so often, Mm -hmm. you come up with kind of like blanket statements, but Kamala, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Yes. But I think this is a really important one to even bring up about the workplace. 
people in the workplace like this is a big boundary that you can implement in the workplace when people are talking over you in intellectual conversations it's important to set a boundary for your sense of sanity so you don't go crazy being like i'm fucking talking i'm talking my opinion matters it's important mm -hmm. for me to feel heard this is my boundary don't speak over me when i'm speaking yeah i think that's such a good point so the community submission that we received for this boundary that we really wanted to highlight was my family is not allowed to give me advice unless I ask for it. This is such a relatable mental boundary. This is a great one. I have definitely set this with my parents as well. Yeah, no, me too, for sure. I think that like they're, I think that with relationships with your parents, like it's very natural for them to want to give you advice, to help you, to help guide you. And at this point in our lives, especially related to Empower and the work we're doing here, we don't want their input. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> we want input. Don't get me wrong. We, we want advice and we want feedback from chosen mentors, from chosen people that exactly. have expertise in this area. And I think that that's what's really important about setting these mental boundaries, especially with your family, is sometimes they're not an expert in the space where they're trying to give you advice. Yeah. They I just want to control you and tell you what to do. Yeah. I think it's really fair to have boundaries related to feedback that you receive from people. Mm -hmm. Some people really just like to give feedback on any topic. And for me, I really don't like that. I don't like when people just give me feedback when I'm not asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a good boundary to make sure that you communicate up front being like, hey, this is how I receive feedback, I'm letting you know. And with my mom, too, I do this all the time where I'm like, hi, if I want feedback, I will let you know. Yes. I have that conversation. And I repeatedly have that conversation with her to remind her. Sometimes she forgets. But I think this was a really great one that we both really aligned with that our community submitted. So really happy that that happened. The second type of boundary that we want to go into are emotional boundaries. So emotional boundaries include separating your feelings from another person's feelings and taking the time to really feel and center your own emotions. So for me, I really tread the line between extrovert and introvert very, very, very closely. And over the past couple of years, I've really leaned into that. And I learned that after a day of work, or being around people, I really need time alone to recharge and recenter myself. And it's just really important for me and my mental health. Um, but this was a really hard boundary to get comfortable with and communicate with my friends because most of my friends, like you, for instance, <laughs> me included, very extroverted, extremely extroverted humans. And so for me, I felt pretty nervous in the beginning, like communicating this boundary because it felt that I didn't want my friends to be offended. I didn't want my friends to take it personally, that I didn't want to spend time with them. But at the same time, I really needed more alone time and more time to myself. And so I was sacrificing my own mental health and my comfort to please my friends, essentially. And then that made it really hard because in those moments where I was sacrificing my own mental health to be with them, it's not like I was fun to be around <laughs> Yeah, because I wouldn't want to be there, you know? And so that was, I think it's funny <laughs> that you're bringing this up because two things. First is like when you first started implementing this, I was like, she doesn't want to see me after work. We've spent like eight hours apart. Like what? Because every time she would come home, I'm like, yes, I, people. So it's funny that like you were worried about me being offended because at first I definitely was like, uh, but now it's super easy. You're like, hi, I just need to like go to my room for a sec. Yeah. Give me 30 minutes. And I'm like, yep. Okay. No problem. I will listen to a podcast so I can get that sense of interpersonal communication. Well, yeah. And I feel like mm -hmm. it honestly makes the times that I'm with my friends better because I'm more intentional about the time that I'm spending with them. And because I'm actually able to recharge and bring my full self to those like gatherings because I've recharged and because I've centered yeah. myself. And it's only improved our relationship because now we have better communication about our needs. Yeah. I feel like that was actually one of the first like boundaries we really set in our friendship mm -hmm. because we lived together for three years in college and we're roommates. 
Um, that was that was a really important boundary for me to set. Like, I just remember <laughs> you being like, "Okay, it's bedtime now. Bye." Because I would always just like sit in your bed and like hang out in your room. <laughs> there was like, what? oh my gosh, there were so many times where you would be like, where if I was in a bad mood, <laughs> you would be like, "Do you want company?" And I would just be like, "No, please <laughs> leave, leave me alone." I'm like, okay. <laughs> It's okay. We are on the other side of the discomfort of setting a boundary. But we I made feel, it. We're I feel stronger. Like, I feel like this is really good because I feel like this is a good conversation yeah. because it. I'm not offended that you were that you did that you were a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's normal. it's a transition. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think that we're gonna get into like how to actually communicate these and enforce your boundaries um, towards the end of the episode. But giving whoever you are communicating these boundaries to your friend, your partner some space to actually process the boundary you're setting as you're implementing is really helpful. Yeah. These boundaries are discussions. They do go both ways. And that's just important to keep in mind. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that. Um, Transitioning into some of my boundaries for this. I actually, this one came up for me probably a few weeks ago. I went on a first date with a guy and he was a question asker. He was a listener. He was really curious, which is fine. I love talking. Clearly, I have a podcast, so I'm really into talking. Um, but he was asking me a lot of personal questions, and they got more and more personal as we continued talking. And at a certain point, he brought out something that I was not comfortable talking about, and I kind of just shut it down. I was like, hey, I'm not really comfortable talking about this right now. And he was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you don't have to answer. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to answer. I'm going to put up a boundary here. Like, this is too personal for a first date. (laughs) Why are you asking me these questions? Um, And so I kind of just put up a boundary and was like, okay, that's like, I'm good up until here. This is the line. That's the boundary. And he respected that and changed the topic. That was one that really came up really recently for me, actually. And I just want to say, like, you don't owe anyone vulnerability. If they're asking you mm-hmm. really emotional questions, they're just trying to, sometimes, especially on a first date, they're just trying to create conversation. If it's something that's not comfortable for you, you don't have to answer their questions. You don't have to force yourself to be vulnerable with someone that you're not comfortable with yet. So our community submission for this one, um, we have two that we wanted to highlight. The first one is, quote, saying I need time and space and walking away when an argument begins. And the second one is limiting the time I spend with people who don't reciprocate in the relationship. Oh, I love these so much. Especially that second one I think is so important when you're experiencing a really uneven and emotionally draining relationship, whichever, like whoever that's with. I think it's totally okay to limit the amount of time you spend with that person and make sure that whenever you're engaging with that person, it's on your, it's on your terms and it's Mm -hmm. really intentional on your part because otherwise it can be really emotionally draining. I really resonate with the first one. So this was a boundary that my partner has actually set for himself. When we get into really heated um, arguments about something, he likes to like leave for a bit, take a walk, cool off, get his thoughts in order and come back. But before he actually established that as a boundary of something that he needs to do when we get into heated discussions, he would just be like, I got to take a walk. And that was it. And so that was really confusing for me because he would just like, that was, that wasn't him setting a boundary. We didn't have a discussion about this Mm -hmm. boundary. I was always very confused. Like this feels wrong. Like what's going on? Yeah. But for him to reestablish like, When we get into heated arguments, I need to take some time alone to process and cool down. That made a lot of sense. And so I think that like, it's, this is, yeah, all just reminding that like, these are conversations that need to be had. Mm -hmm. You can't just like drop what you're going to do and then do it like with no context and with no discussion. Yeah. Well, I think it also brings up the fact that everyone has boundaries. Mm -hmm. Everyone has them. The actual important thing is to communicate them so that you can stop building resentment about your partners or whoever else in your life crossing them because they don't know that you have them. Exactly. Like if you if you were to stop him from taking that time, he could probably build resentment being like, you're not letting me do what I need to do. 
but that's unfair unless he actually has a conversation with you that this is something that he really needs and is really important to him. Okay, so the third boundary that we really wanted to talk about was physical boundaries. Um, And these include your body, your personal space, your privacy. It's really just embodying your autonomy over yourself and your body and your space. For me, this boundary, I really only have one major boundary related to physical space. And it is don't fucking touch me if you don't know me. I'm just like in bars. Hello. This happens all the time. I, uh, I know exactly where this comes from because I as a young teenager was groped many times on the street and there was one time where I turned around and backhanded a man across the face I mean if he's not gonna respect your physical space you don't have to respect his I felt really fucking powerful he was how old were you like 12 I was 14 oh my god He grabbed my ass with two full hands. Oh my lord! In front of all of his friends. And I turned around and I backhanded him across his face. I love that. And then I said, I'm 14, you fucking pedophile. And then walked away. (laughs) So that for me is a really fucking important, important bad. If if I'm in a bar and you touch the small of my back walking past me, I'm going to cause a scene. If you touch, if you lightly touch my ass... I might turn around and slap you. I don't I don't fuck with that. I do not fuck with that. And obviously, this is non-consensual touching. This is like categorized as assault. Yeah, it's not just a boundary it, this violation. This is not a boundary violation. This is like this is my this is my autonomy. This is my like sexual autonomy. You cannot touch my ass without my consent. But yeah, that one is just so big for me. Yeah, when it comes to physical boundaries, I actually really relate to this more so on a privacy level. Um, For me, this was really crossed in my last relationship and it was at the end of our relationship. It pretty much like kind of caused the end of the relationship where he actually went through my computer when I was in the shower. That to me was a major boundary violation. There is so many things on a computer that are extremely private. Conversations that I've had with you and our messages, Mm -hmm. like just in general, electronics are just your private things and no one should have the right to go through those without your explicit permission or without a discussion that to me was a major boundary crossed yeah this is actually one of our community submissions as well one of those submissions was nobody other than me has the right to check on my phone unless i give permission i think that this is like a really common problem i think that like mm-hmm. people really and i i mean i, I understand it in some context have i checked people's phones before yes have i crossed these boundaries yes i have we're not perfect (laughs) i it happens but (laughs) i think that like and it's a really serious one too so we should talk about this and like in my case again it really did at like it was a symptom of a toxic relationship and then it opened the eyes of both of us to realizing that that was the case another community submission that we got for this one was personal space just don't touch me lol so really similar to yours actually yep funny that the submissions on this one were extremely similar to our own personal boundaries we did not do that on purpose (laughs) i also think that one is really relatable to us too when either of us are upset Mm -hmm. we don't want to be touched when we're angry we don't want to be cuddled and it makes me like viscerally angry when someone is like trying to comfort me by like touching Ah, me i know when i'm when i'm angry it's just not where i'm at and like when i'm angry i need to be like leave me alone to cool off or just give me your ear so i can rant to you and and i think that again this goes to the communication piece you you should say that because some people Mm -hmm. their initial way to comfort you is to just give you a hug And if you don't tell them beforehand that when I get upset, I don't want to be touched, and then they touch you and then you snap at them, that's not really fair. You have to let them know that that's a boundary before they accidentally cross it and then you snap. That is such a good point. I think that like we've brought this up several times, but people have different boundaries. Mm -hmm. They're different for people. And if you are not actively communicating what your boundaries are, then you can't expect the people in your life to know that those are boundaries people and to not aren't cross mind them. readers. The next boundary we want to address is sexual boundaries. 
So these include your body, comfort level, and desires related to sexual experiences and intimacy. Yeah, the first example that I have for this one that I've really had since high school, I've had for a really long time, is I do not give casual partners or guys that I've just met or the first time that I'm sleeping with them blowjobs. I think blowjobs are a really intimate thing. And I don't give blowjobs to people that I've like just met or that I don't really like. It's not because I don't like giving blowjobs. I really enjoy giving head to people that I really enjoy. I'm like, I love pleasing people that I really like and I care about. When I care about you, I want you to have the best time. Totally will do that. If I don't like you like that, you're lucky that you're you're getting the pussy, okay? <laughs> not putting not, your dick in my mouth. I'm not putting your dick in my mouth. You're already getting the pussy, so you're welcome. That's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> I love. I I really I think that like what's just so clear when we talk about this in particular is boundaries are different <laughs> for everyone. Why are we singing in this episode? <laughs> for me, I don't know. For me, <laughs> for me, I don't have that boundary. That's different. We have different <laughs> thoughts yeah. about head. <laughs> yes, but but in like a similar like vein, mm-hmm. uh, the, a big like sexual boundary that stands out to me is don't call me any derogatory name if we have not discussed it first. Like you said, it's not that you don't like giving blowjobs. It's not that I don't like being called a dirty slut. A dirty slut. <laughs> You just have to ask me first. We have to have a conversation about it first because you assuming that it's okay to call me your bitch. What the fuck? Huh? Huh? No. Like that. Yeah, exactly. And there, there have been a lot of times where I have had discussions with partners about like, oh, what type of sex do you like? And me being like, oh yeah, I like a bit of rougher sex, whatever. Um, Sometimes I like being called like, derogatory like names you know playing with that yeah disrespect Um, me a little bit that can be fun I love that but then they'll just go and do it and I'm like no 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 I didn't say I wanted to do that with you though yeah you still need permission you still need permission exactly that actually happened with my ex-boyfriend at one point where he just like called me a dirty slut or something like that and I just started laughing my ass off because I was like first of all where did this come from I've never said that I enjoyed this, and we've also never talked about it. So what? It caught me so off guard. I literally cannot imagine those words coming out of his mouth. I know. I know. And the best part was, was we were doing a position where I was facing away from him. So I just started cracking up. It was hilarious. The whole, like, experience really drastically changed after that. Um, So going into our community submissions with this one, one of them was... I don't want anything put in my butthole ever. Yeah. I mean, sounds like a fair boundary. Girl, yeah. I mean, you don't need to. It's a physical boundary that you can have. We talked about this a little bit in our last episode um, on bad sex or sexual violation, but I don't understand why anyone would think that they could just put stuff in your butt without asking. (laughs) I feel like that is just like a very... Like, even as someone who enjoys butt play. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about anal way too many times on this podcast already. <laughs> Sorry, mom. You can't You can't just do that without asking me first. You have to have a conversation about it. And it is like the fairest thing in the world to be like, no. consent is a boundary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Consent is a very uh, non-negotiable, non-negotiable boundary. boundary. You yeah. have to... Ask me That's before you do anything related to sex. Yeah. That's I it. mean, same thing though. Like blowjobs, intimate. Your butthole, intimate. intimate. <laughs> you can decide whether that's a boundary for you or not. For some people, totally fine. Put whatever you want up there. Other people, no. <laughs> the second community submission we got that was also very relatable was, quote, my no means no. I love this one and I love that someone thought about it and submitted it because it's so important again with the whole consent thing that we talked about last week it is really difficult especially when you've experienced sexual trauma to one feel comfortable even saying that and feeling like that can be respected 
And two, like, it's just really important to honor that for yourself and actually have that as a boundary that if you say no, that needs to be respected. And if that's not, I'm walking away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sexual boundaries has actually been the biggest place that I've struggled in setting boundaries. I, when I was going through my hypersexual phase, um, I very much explicitly did not set sexual boundaries for myself because basically I was afraid that if I verbalized them and then when they were broken, because I expected that they would be broken, I would go through all of the pain and trauma again. So I basically thought that if I had no boundaries, then no boundaries could be broken. Healthy. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely not healthy, especially because obviously I still had boundaries. Mm -hmm. I still had the same boundaries. I just wasn't acknowledging them to myself and I definitely was not communicating them to a partner. And I think that that says a lot about like not only myself and that I probably wasn't in a good headspace to be having sex with casual partners, but it also says a lot about the partners that I was having sex with because I felt unsafe bringing up any boundary. I think I've also, I mean, both of us have struggled with using our voice to say no and really Mm -hmm. holding to that. I really struggled with this with my previous partner as well, where he would continuously ask me and not respect that first time that I said no. And I actually ended up having a very stern conversation with him and expressed that the first time that I said no ended that conversation. That was it. Respect that. And so I really just respect and admire this person for knowing that and for sharing that with us that a boundary for them is their no means no the next boundary we want to talk about is material boundaries so material boundaries are setting limits on physical items and personal materials limits on what you will share with people and who you will share those possessions with so for me personally i don't actually have a lot of material boundaries i think that this is one of the reasons why we get along so well is that we share everything. We share our makeup products, our skincare products. We really don't have to ask each other. I wish we could share more. I are, w- why are yeah. our shoe sizes different? Fuck that. Yeah. For reference, there's about half a foot height difference in between <laughs> the bummer. two of us. Although we do, well, we, we make it work with some items of clothes, <laughs> but yeah. So I don't really have that many uh, material boundaries, but I did actually set one recently with my partner um, related to my car. So I don't have a huge problem with people that I trust driving my car. I mean, it's not like I'm seeing anyone really besides like you and my boyfriend. So you can drive my car. My boyfriend can drive my car. But on road trips, we like to take my car and we'll often switch off driving. And my partner is a much more aggressive driver than I am, which is saying something because I'm also an aggressive aggressive. driver. We live in California. Everyone's an aggressive driver here. But he tends to get a lot closer to cars on the highway than I'm comfortable with. Mm. And I had to set a boundary when we were driving in my car. I was like, you need to maintain a safer distance when you are driving my car. If we're in the same car and we're in your car. Do what you want. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's not my material possession. You can do what you want with your stuff. So I have a similar one too where I also don't really let people drive my car often, but that really is the only material boundary that I have. It's like, I care a lot about my car. I paid for it. It's nice. I love her. Yes. I want her to be safe. And I really only trust myself driving it. Also insurance. Yes. I'm not trying to have my insurance go up. Right. It's expensive (laughs) if someone else fucks with your car. So that's, that's a big purchase of mine that I actually do have a boundary on. The rest of them, I don't really have that big of boundaries. Like you said, we share products, we share clothes, we share a lot of stuff. And I grew up with a sister where I also shared all that stuff. And where this has actually come up has been I sometimes bump up against other people's boundaries when it comes to their material things. Mm -hmm. This actually happened with my sister a couple weeks ago where I was hanging up her records onto my wall. And when she saw it, I I had put like nail holes in the records, assuming that it was totally fine. Like I did not understand the level of care that she wanted me to put into Mm -hmm. these records. And I didn't really, I don't have boundaries on my thing. So I was like, this is fine. And she actually had a conversation with me, letting me know 
please take them down. I would like you to hold more respect for my items, all this type of stuff. And that is a good example of setting a boundary, communicating that. I don't have a lot of material boundaries, but other people might. People have different boundaries and that is okay. The moral of the story is just respect everyone's boundaries and they should respect yours. Yeah. One of our community submissions that we got for this one was certain things that I do not like to share and are only for me. And I think that's super fair. Everyone has certain items that they want to keep personal to them. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, the important thing again is to communicate those things. That just came up for me was um, my vibrator. I have boundaries around my sex toys. Don't use my sex toys. (laughs) Cleanliness. Although you did fuck someone in my bed. And I don't have a boundary about that, so. Yeah, I wouldn't care if you had sex in my bed. But that's different than putting something inside of you. (laughs) So the last type that we're going to talk about today is spiritual boundaries. Um, And these are really just ensuring that your beliefs and your identity are respected, even if they're not shared, even if someone doesn't necessarily agree, just making sure that those things are respected. Yeah, I have two examples of spiritual boundaries that I have enacted in my life. The first one is with my family. So I was raised pretty religiously and my family still practices like a moderate amount. Um, And my main boundary with them is that I will go to church with them on holidays, like Christmas as a family, but I will not participate in all of the prayers or rituals. And I will not go to additional services beyond those like family holiday gatherings And I think that this was also like combined with, I don't want to have discussions about justifying my decisions to do that. I, it's really important for me that like my parents respect the fact that I have a different spiritual belief system and like journey than they do. And even though they raised me in this one particular way, I have changed and I don't hold those beliefs anymore. And I don't really want to justify them. I don't mm-hmm. want to. Ha- I don't want to have those discussions with them, and they've been pretty um, respectful of that, which is great. Um, and then the second boundary I have related to spirituality is one that I actually enforced in high school. Back in high school, I actually was pretty pretty Christian, um, and did I wasn't necessarily practicing it in the in, in the way that you're meant to, but I definitely felt a really strong connection to being Christian. And I had a really close friend who was atheist, and she would say a lot of just really disrespectful and dismissive things about not only Christianity, but just religion in general. And I had to have like a really serious conversation with her being like, I cannot be your friend if you are going to continue to say just disrespectful things about religion. And it ended up that she just really did not respect that boundary. She continued to break that boundary. And I didn't have another conversation with her about it. I was just like, okay, well, clearly this person doesn't really respect not only my religion, but my boundaries because I explicitly told her this. And so if she doesn't respect that, then I'm just going to start phasing her out as a friend. And we ended up not remaining close friends. And I think that that is like a really clear example in my life of a time where I set a boundary. It had a consequence. They did not listen. And I held to that consequence. I enforced that Mm -hmm. boundary and then we were no longer friends. For me, I wasn't really raised spiritually in that way or with any religion or with any like set belief system. So I've never really had spiritual boundaries when it comes to this. I mean, I've always just expected people to respect the fact that I don't share their same religion. I never really went to church with my friends. They never forced me into that. It was never like a big deal. So I don't really have strong boundaries about this. I kind of just operate in my life, respecting whatever people want to believe and hoping that they respect that I don't necessarily believe it. We didn't really receive any community submissions regarding this particular one. It's a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more specific. But I mean, I just want to take this opportunity to say that, again, you don't need to have a boundary in every single type. Your boundaries are specific to you. They're for you to honor your needs. And if you don't need a spiritual boundary, you don't need to have one. So now that we've gone through all of the six different types of boundaries, we're going to talk about how to figure out what your boundaries are and then how to communicate and enforce those. So the four steps to 
identifying and communicating boundaries are number one, identify your boundaries. Number two, communicate. Three, practice and enforce them. And four, reassess. Yeah. So some discovery tips of how to actually figure out what your boundaries are, are reflecting on past experiences and how they made you feel. So these can look like asking yourself a lot of questions and really taking some time to reflect. Um, Some questions that you may want to consider are, when did you feel really comfortable? What were you and the other person doing when you actually felt really respected, really comfortable? Another one is, when did something make you feel really uncomfortable on the other side of that? What were you and the other person doing? What was being said? How did you feel? Really tapping into your emotions is really important during this as well. And then what do you wish had gone differently? A couple others are, what values do you have? How do they impact you? And what happens if someone doesn't have the same values or disrespects those values? And then another one is, what is a deal breaker for you? Whereas what are some that are more flexible or that you're more curious about? An important thing to remember here is that boundaries can shift and change. And some might be completely immovable while others can be a little bit more fluid and you can have a little bit more of a discussion about them. This is really one of the hardest steps. I think like figuring out what your boundaries actually are can be really difficult and can be really limiting for people when they're like learning about boundaries. It's like, wait, what are my boundaries? Like, how do I actually put these into words? And like, how do I set boundaries if I don't know what my boundaries are? Exactly. It's like, it's the first step. And it's a really, it's it's the most challenging one, I think, because you have to be so honest with yourself and you have to really assess past experiences that might've been really triggering or traumatizing for you. I think that like a way that this has helped me or something that's helped me in this regard is talking to the people in my life and- Mm -hmm asking them about their boundaries and see if there are any that are like resonating with me that I also connect with. But I also think that like when we were having this conversation when we were like planning out this episode, it was really helpful for you to be like, well, this is a boundary of yours. Yeah. And I think that sometimes like the people that are really close to you can kind of identify what your boundaries are really easily because they have experienced like your reaction to them. Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because a lot of times how we act and how we operate in the world feels just like second nature. Like for me, for example, with not really having material boundaries, that just seems like second nature. I don't expect anyone else to have material boundaries because Mm -hmm. I just operate my life very normally not having those. It's really helpful when you're talking to someone else and someone else can point out to you, actually, no, you do have this physical boundary. You actually hate being touched when you're upset. Like that Mm -hmm. is a physical boundary for you. Because sometimes we just expect that everyone else is the same as us and just don't realize that our boundaries are actually unique to us and what those actually look like. So I'm glad that you brought that up because having a conversation with people that you trust that are in your life that know you really well can be a really good way to discover what you're bound. So the second step is actually communicating these boundaries. And I think we've said this about 10 times this episode already. The point of boundaries are to communicate them to whoever you're in a relationship with in any capacity. And I think it is is just so important to remember that if you are communicating boundaries with someone, your intention is to continue and to grow your relationship. So you really want the conversation to be effective and actually get somewhere because your intention is to continue being in a relationship with that person. So with that being said, there are some ways to help you bring up these conversations and initiate them because personal experience, and it can be really easy to initiate these conversations in an aggressive way. I'm a fairly naturally aggressive person. And when we have these conversations about setting boundaries, I have to be really intentional with the way that I am starting these conversations. Well, I think it's also really important to note that you shouldn't only communicate your boundaries after someone has crossed them because then you're in a really vulnerable really emotional state. It's not going to be the time to really have a productive discussion about your boundaries. I've had boundaries that I've crossed that I have like immediately snapped and been like, this is a fucking boundary. And it's like, okay, well, that's not really that helpful. Like take a day and then introduce the boundary and being like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I know that we didn't have a conversation about this before. I just realized after you crossed it, that this was a boundary. Now let's talk about it. Yeah, it's very natural to feel 
anger, among other things, when someone crosses a boundary of yours. But if you haven't had a conversation yet and you haven't told them that that is a boundary of yours that they cannot cross, then yes, it's natural to have those feelings of anger, but placing them on your partner is not effective. Again, if you're trying to continue having a relationship with them. So a couple of tips that I just wanted to give um, related to having these conversations is first just lead with empathy and respect, not accusations or shaming. Mm -hmm. So unless it's a pattern where this person is doing a repeated thing, they already know that it's a boundary of yours and they are continuously repeating to break it. I would recommend not leading with what they did wrong, but instead leading with how you felt and what they can do to help address those feelings. Yeah, and I think another tip that I really want to give too is just using I statements and remembering that your boundaries are about you and your needs. So speaking about how you feel and what you need instead of solely focusing on their actions and what they did. The next tip that I have related to this is to actually explain why that boundary is important to you. As we've said a few times also, um, not everyone has the same boundaries. People have very, very different boundaries and experiences. So it might not be intuitive to them why something bothers you or why you have this boundary. So actually explaining that to them and like giving them the context they need to understand why it's so important to you is a really necessary step to take. Another tip that we also have is just introducing a consequence. So actually giving them what might happen if that boundary is crossed again and letting them know Mm -hmm. in advance to them engaging with that boundary again. So an important thing to remember is that this isn't a punishment. The consequence for someone breaking a boundary might be something like, when you talk to me in that way, I shut down and I can't hear you. And that is a totally fine consequence. It doesn't need to be, if you talk to me in that way, we're breaking up. I will never speak to you again. It can just be, I can't hear you anymore. If you raise your voice at me, I can't hear you. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to be productive. We should just stop the conversation. That is a totally fine consequence to have. It's not, you suck. I'm punishing you. Go sit in the corner and have a timeout. That's not what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Consequences are such a core part of setting boundaries. You really can't have a boundary without also setting what the consequence is going to be if that boundary is crossed. The last thing that I'm going to say about this is allow the other person some time to process and allow them the space to also ask clarifying questions. So this goes back to explaining why this boundary is important for you. Again, it's not necessarily intuitive for them. So give them the space to ask those questions so they can really understand where you're coming from and really know how to not cross those boundaries. Yeah, I think that we've talked about this before with our personal friendship and roommateship it took me an adjustment period to be okay with you needing your alone time after a day at work but now that we've adjusted your relationship is only going to be stronger if you actually give someone some grace in adjusting to your boundary and adjusting to this new behavior that you need them to embody and then your relationship will be stronger after that because you can not only communicate better but you are clearly showing your respect for each other So we already mentioned a little bit about enforcing boundaries and how important it is to actually have that consequence and actually enforce them. And so the consequences that you use can be anything that feels right for you. The most important thing is that you actually hold yourself to enforcing these boundaries because otherwise it's not only confusing for those around you, but they also may not take them as seriously as you need them to. When you set a boundary and you give a consequence attached to that boundary, You're giving the other person the opportunity to make a decision. They can either continue doing what they want and not respect your boundary, or they can respect your boundary. And you have to be okay with whatever they decide, you have to hold yourself to your boundary. If they decide not to respect your boundary, that is when it's the most important for you to really hold yourself to that. Otherwise, you're sacrificing yourself. Yeah, and that's not a healthy relationship. I think that one tip that I have related to enforcing boundaries that I actually do with my partner, we have a code word, safe word system. So this is not only in a sexual context, which is the most common way that people use safe words, which is related to boundaries. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that for us, we have a code word system to know when a boundary is being pushed or tested. So when we are having a disagreement and I'm either sensing that he is trying to change my mind or he is picking up on me being defensive, we have a code word that's funny and diffuses tension that we can use to let each other know that there is a boundary that's being a little pushed right now. Maybe we should like cool take, yeah, take yeah. a little break and recenter ourselves. I think that's a great tip. I honestly think safe words are not used enough. They really should be because I mean like these conversations are hard. They're not mm-hmm. easy conversations and it can be really, it can feel really aggressive to be like, you're pushing my boundary. You're crossing my boundary. So coming up with, I think that it's a really good idea to come up with something funny. It really does diffuse the tension and is a very non-aggressive way to be like, hey, let's take a minute. Let's take a pause. Can I actually share one that my dad always said to me? He was always like, here's a safe word. If you don't have one already, like this is one that you can use. Rutabaga. No idea why. I think he explained what it meant. I don't even know what it means. (laughs) Well, it's a root vegetable, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) That's hilarious. So guys, if you are needing help figuring out what safe word to use, Rutabaga. Rutabaga. <laughs> you don't have one already. Not Rutabaga. Sponsored by Rutabaga. <laughs> so the last step that we have in terms of figuring out your boundaries and telling them to your partner is reassess. Some boundaries are non-negotiable, while others are a lot more adaptable and may change over time or as you change. It's super normal for boundaries to shift and change as you grow. So it's really important to continue to do self-reflection and to think about what boundaries are still serving you and which ones aren't anymore because you really can and you should let go of boundaries that are no longer serving a purpose for you. Give yourself permission to adapt your boundaries to who you are now. So that concludes our fifth episode on boundaries. We really hope you guys enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun recording this one. Um, just remember to follow us on Instagram at I am empower at Isa.bogart and at Nina Randolph. See you next week. Bye.